1: TCL
0: is a proud sponsor of the SCORE North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Everything that Ryan did um, in the second half of last season, going through all the injuries that he had and the lack of options he really had lineup-wise, um, taking over in a difficult situation, the way he—I think—the way he changed uh, to a limited degree the, the culture in the last three or four months of the season, uh, being more communicative, opening things up, just little things that I think made a really big difference that I think have gone a long way with um, not only the basketball operations staff. He knows gerson rosas very well as, as all these guys are plugged in they all have paths they where they've crossed before uh scott lead in the same way that
4: was alan horton radio voice of the minnesota timberwolves talking about sort of foreshadowing in a way there that was him talking about ryan saunders uh on score north live with matthew collar just a couple weeks ago when gerson rosas was announced as a new president of basketball operations and uh, this is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Judd is doing God knows what Rami in Las Vegas. This and I week. was
1: I forgot he wasn't here today. I was really looking forward to rubbing into him into his face the results of my Twitter poll yesterday. Say which that again. W- I I was looking forward to rubbing into his face there the results Dangerous. of my Twitter poll yesterday <laughs> about John Wick and uh, and Point Break. He said Point Break is a better movie. I said John Wick. And
2: John Wick is by far a better. movie.
1: Well, fifty-seven percent of people would disagree with you Jonathan Harrison so I win and it is the better movie what the, you're saying? Point Break. I'm is? Say, no, I'm saying John Wick. That's he, what I said. And Johnson. Oh, yeah, said, yeah, okay. I said, I I you said okay. I thought you said Point no, Break. No, no. I'm sorry, John I misheard Wick you. A you're, right a you're just like ready to far fight. I will through Jonathan. <laughs> through, I just want to fight
4: somebody over this. Anybody. <laughs> what did you
2: say? I agree with you, bro.
1: <laughs> I didn't see part three,
4: yet. Jonathan. You see part three? Yet? Not yet.
2: I want to. Yeah, I, I have so not bad. either,
4: but I'm I'm waiting for the airplane because that's how I watch John Wick movies. When's <laughs> your next trip? Um, gotta get one on the books just specifically just to watch John Wick three. Yeah,
1: think so. after. Found out just before the show, Jonathan. I don't know if you know this. It's it's Phil Mackey's birthday.
2: Oh, happy birthday, sir!
1: Thank you very much. I told him I I uh, count on Facebook to tell me when all my friends' birthdays Same. are. So apparently, Mackey and I are not friends on Facebook, which I, I thought we were, but apparently we are not. I blocked you after one of your pranks. Just couldn't Makes couldn't sense. take it anymore.
4: Yeah. Well, well
1: I've done a lot of that on Facebook. Actually, happy I need birthday to, to, step my to game me, up. happy birthday
4: to me. <laughs> Ryan Saunders is officially. No longer an interim coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Was
1: Ryan Saunders wrapped up in gift wrap for you when he, he actually, woke up this yeah, morning? When,
4: when they made the announcement, he did jump. Actually, it was me that jumped out of the birthday cake. <laughs>
1: Surprise!
4: <laughs> it's my birthday, and you're hired. And the way you and I were just talking about this before we turned the microphones on, in that it's anyone who comes on a podcast or a radio show or whatever it may be and says today, I think definitively that this is a good or bad hire Mm -hmm. is probably turning up the volume a little too aggressively on their take one way or the other. Right. right? And the way I look at at these with sort of a a checklist of things that I want from a coach, and then I try to cross-reference if I think Ryan Saunders or
1: in the case of Rocco Baldelli last fall – if that person checks the boxes, that's also what I do. If you have a guy with track record and rings, you can kind of go, look, this is, this is what he's done before. But when you're hiring a guy who's a relative unknown or a first time head coach, mm-hmm. all you can go by is, is the qualities that he brings with them or that he's, he's sold you that he brings with them via the interview process. And, and what we're told about the interview process once the hire is made, that's all we have to go on. And if you just hate, every coach who's an unknown name or every coach who's getting his first job, well, then... I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be upset with almost every hiring that, that ever happens. Not yes. every, not everybody, not every coach that's hired as the head coach of your baseball team, basketball team, football team, whatever the case might be, is going to come with a lengthy resume and, and a handful of rings. It yeah. just doesn't happen. I mean, there's, look at all the examples of both
4: successful hires of, of mostly obscure names and then whiffs. And we don't know what this is going to be. Eric Spolstra, when he was hired by Pat Riley to coach the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm that was a relatively unknown name around for sure among casual basketball fans. Right Right. now there's, there's for every Eric Spolstra, there's three or four other, or if not five or 10 other guys that you thought fit the profile, they turned out to be train wrecks and it it was bad. If Ryan Saunders last name wasn't Saunders, is he getting this position as the youngest coach in the NBA? Almost certainly no, but I don't think he has to apologize for that. And I'm kind of getting sick of people saying that yes, his last name put him in a prime spot and an accelerated spot to get this job. Absolutely, I don't think he would deny that. But it doesn't mean he's not qualified. And Here are some of the boxes. When I I put a headline of reasons why Ryan Saunders could be a good hire and the boxes he needs to check, Alan Horton actually used one of the words that I had on my checklist, which is good communicator. He used the word communicative. Tom Thibodeau, this is the way I communicate. I communicate like caveman. And you must listen to me, right? I don't want that in 2019. No, remember when he got
1: hired, he told Glenn Taylor that he hasn't really been good at communicating and developing relationships, but he was going to work on it.
4: Yeah. He I'm going to want a little more reassurance next time I hand out like $40 million guaranteed to somebody. I'm going to work on being a human, is what Tom <laughs> Thibodeau told Glenn Taylor. I'm taking classes how to become an actual better human. So being a good communicator and somebody who not only can communicate... Down with players, if that's how you so you're, you're giving direction and right. you're giving guidance to players, but who can communicate up to front office or communicate over to business side, the Ethan Casson side. Right. You can't just put yourself in a hole and not be communicative with the organization. And Ryan Saunders, even as an assistant coach, was always uh, one of those guys. I, I think it's important to check these boxes too. Good connections with the most important players on the team. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, etc. If you can't have some sort of relationship with those guys that gets them to reach their next level or gets them to stop shooting 20-foot jump shots and that didn't work very well on the court for Andrew Wiggins last year but maybe aligned with a Gerson-Rosas philosophy, mm-hmm. I think that's an important box to check. I don't know if you agree
1: with me on that. I've I mean... And you've you've pushed me over this edge probably more than anybody else. Until I'm given a large sample size to believe in, I have no I have no hope and no faith in Andrew Wiggins or that anybody is going to tap into or unlock whatever potential is there in Andrew Wiggins that got him the number one pick and a max contract. I just I can't I can't believe that that's going to happen. But if you're checking if you're looking to check boxes for Orion Saunders or
4: the other candidates, if you were running them through the same filter. And you knew that you weren't gonna you weren't just gonna go out and trade two first round picks with Andrew Wiggins to get rid of him. If get you, rid of him? If you're Gerson Rosas and you knew Wiggins is on the team for at least one more year, either to salvage his career with the Timberwolves or to build trade value to trade him somewhere else within the next year to eighteen months, I want a coach that can build or has a good relationship with Andrew Wiggins so that he can get the most out of Andrew Wiggins as possible. I think it's pretty obvious that Wiggins and Tom Thibodeau didn't see eye to eye or the communication from Tom Thibodeau wasn't landing in the right way with Andrew Wiggins, and therefore he was maybe the worst he's ever been as a player last year. Like, yeah. You need a connection there.
1: I mean, I want him to be able to develop relationships and communicate with everybody on my team. I'm not holding out hope that he unlocks Andrew Wiggins and that he becomes the Robin to Carl Anthony Towns' Batman. That ship has sailed for me. Like, who If he's not going to be Robin, could he be like... Alfred? Yeah, could he be Alfred? Maybe. Okay. It could maybe be Alfred. Or who is the guy? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Jonathan, the dude who designs all the weapons. No? And Batman? Uh, th- Morgan Freeman played him in the movie. That's
2: uh, not a
4: Marvel movie. <laughs>
2: uh, it's DC. No one watches You're not a DC. Batman guy? I'm Batman. Not I'm even Batman Dark guy. Knight? You
4: can't say no one watches Batman. People watch People Batman. People watch Batman,
2: yeah, but the rest of the DC universe, no one cares about it.
1: I'll have his name here in a second.
4: He's could, not going to be Robin. Maybe he can be like.
2: Lucius Fox, or are you thinking?
1: Lucius like? Fox, thank you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. He could be Lucius Fox or maybe Commissioner Gordon. No, he's not going to. No. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> is
2: that too high
4: of
1: praise? To say Commissioner, Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, is like, Gordon is
4: like Taj Gibson. In fact, if somebody wants to just give us the full DC Universe. <laughs> What the what the Timberwolves <laughs> what the, roster who, looks like? Who the wolves are? That would be outstanding. <laughs> think, right? Just tweet us at ScoreNorth. ScoreNorth. Uh, another box. I want it's 2019. Enough long two point jumpers. Enough antiquated defensive systems. I need an analytically minded coach who has who thinks like a front office person would think, right? Who thinks yes. about how how does the how does the the game work in 2019? How do I apply that to players? And by all accounts. Ryan Saunders, who started in the video room and worked his way up with the Washington Wizards and then with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he has a mind for not only video scouting, but also analytics, and I think that's really important. I Sometimes the Rockets go over the top, but if you can take Rockets' principles, apply them to the Timberwolves from Gerson Rosas down to Ryan Saunders, that's a box I need checked. Sure. Yeah. So far, we are 100% in agreement. Okay. And then this one, too. I, I wrote this one down, too. I want someone... Who's moldable to some extent? Somebody who can act as an extension of the front office, and that's the way baseball is going too. I don't want, I don't want like like the Wolves just announced a hire today, or at least it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. They brought over someone smart from the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets front office. So you're going to bring. I still s-
1: say New Jersey too.
4: Smart guy in from the Nets. Smart guy from uh, Houston running the Wolves front office. And I don't need like a rogue coach who's old school and thinks, well, that's this information's great, but this is how we play the game. I I told
1: this story I'd raised by Wolves today last year, right after Jason Kidd was fired, a story surfaced of the Bucks front office pulling Jason Kidd into a meeting and showing him video breakdown and analytics and saying, this is why we got to do X, Y and Z. And Jason Kidd stood up and said, how many of y'all have won a ring in this room? Oh my god! It's like and You was, can't have that. And it was silence, and he just walked out. You can't. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, think about think
4: about how caveman mindset that is. Right. Like okay, here's a bunch of information that's been collected by smart people, and you don't have to use all of it. Yeah. But don't like <laughs> take a you know what on it. Yeah. And I think that's an important, like when I say moldable, I guess I'm saying don't be Jason Kidd in the Bucks. (laughs) meeting. Like be willing to absorb information, okay? Be willing to listen to a smart guy in a suit who maybe never won a ring, maybe never played, but studies this stuff on a regular basis and knows that this player is more efficient from these three spots and in these three sets with these three teammates. Right. Don't ignore that information. And and Ryan Saunders also checks that box, at least on the surface. I don't think he's going to be super argumentative when it comes to Gerson Rosas handing down knowledge and some sort of uh, you know system that he wants to implement. Right. He stands up and goes, "How many of y'all are Flip yeah. on your son? <laughs> right. None. All right, that's what I thought." Walt How many of y'all have coached a, a, a Vegas summer league <laughs> team to a final four, the semifinals of the summer league?
1: Right. So so far we are on the same we are right. on the same page. He's checking. We we both are looking for the same boxes to be checked on our checklist, and and he does so far.
4: So with 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 all of those boxes presumably being checked at least yes. off the outset, right? I would have to conclude he is a good hire. I don't think he would have been the only good hire. I think if if Dave Yeager wanted to come coach here and was like I I would have said that's a good hire too. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think there was one outcome here. Um, is it a little bit surprising how quickly they went from last week? Here's a search and here are a bunch of names: Jawan Howard and like. They talked to a few of those guys, according to Doogie, on the phone. And so I could see how it would have been construed by fans and media that they wanted Ryan Saunders or Glenn Taylor wanted Ryan Saunders. But let's throw a few names out there to make it sound like we did a search. Um, But I'm going to, again, like the Trump card here for me is I think Gerson Rosas made the decision. I don't think this was a Glenn Taylor edict. I think everything I've heard behind the scenes, Gerson Rosas made this decision. Unless he proves otherwise. I trust Gerson Rosas's track record as a front office executive and what people say about him. And so if he made the decision, it's another box that
1: I check in favor of Ryan Saunders. The thing I love about this hire is what you just said, which is that I'm, I'm pretty convinced, taking the word of people who are much more tied into this organization than I am, that Gerson Rosas got to make this hire. That it wasn't dictated, it wasn't an edict that was handed to him when he got the job, that this will be your GM, this will be your head coach, now go, because... If I'm Garrison Rosas, I don't even want that job, and that is no way for a basketball organization to run. You are doomed. You are destined for failure if that's how an owner handles a team. And from what I understand, there has been some meddling from the ownership with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the past, has there not? Which is what would make people skeptical as to whether or not Garrison Rosas actually made this hire.
4: Yeah, the, the twins have the twins had that too. In fact, now that we see what Rocco Baldelli is doing with the twins, mm-hmm. or at least how they've been able to open up some, they've they've made some clear progress. With here's information we've gathered in the front office, and here's how players are now performing five notches above what they were. Right. That's one of the reasons why Paul Molitor and a lot of his staff were let go because Ryan Presley goes to Houston and figures it out, and the Twins front office is like, well. We knew that this was what was supposed to be happening. Why wasn't it being communicated properly? Right. Like field staffs in basketball and in baseball more than any other sport are just extensions of the front office. Like you, you're not going to get these George Carl types, these like personalities who go up and down the sideline. It's the front office. And then I'd rather just have sort of an anonymous coach who goes with the system as it's coming down the pipeline, and I think that's what I sometimes doing feel
1: like people would forget Steve Kerr's name if he wasn't Steve Kerr, if he wasn't the dude that played for the Bulls and hit the and hit some big threes and some big moments. I feel like we we might forget Steve, we we would forget he's sitting on the bench because he's not that guy, he's not that personality on the sideline that you just talked about. Yeah. He doesn't draw a lot of attention. To himself, he like just, if he played for the Hornets in the '90s instead of the the Bulls
4: or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. and he like didn't win championships. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we'd forget who, we'd forget who he was. We'd Be like, oh yeah, the Warriors have a coach. But I like the process of the hire, and I can understand why some Wolves fans don't have it in their heart to give anyone the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this organization. But I have to give Garzan Rosas the benefit of the doubt. Having a just gotten here and not having the history that Wolves fan, the painful history that a lot of Wolves fans do that has left them scarred and skeptical. And so I get that. I don't have that. And just like you talked about with Ryan Saunders, I look for boxes to check off with with the president of basketball operations. Garrison Rosas checks all those boxes. He has nothing to do with the past failures of the Wolves. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know that he's a great president of basketball operations. And I can say pretty much the same exact thing about Ryan Saunders. Like you just went through, checks off all the boxes. The boxes we don't know is what kind of coach is he in a game? Like, it's great to have all those qualities. But at the end of the day, do you pull the right strings at the right time? Do you call the right plays out of a timeout? Do you know when to sub in and out? Do you have do you have a good idea of what rotations work for your roster? That's what makes a great head coach. You can have all those qualities that you just talked about there, Phil. But that's what makes a great head coach. And the truth is, even though we saw Ryan Saunders on the sidelines for the Wolves for more than half a season this year, we still don't know what kind of coach he is because he took over a team in utter chaos that just fired their coach and president of basketball operations that just traded one of their best players after he embarrassed the team on the way out. He inherited a roster that had three, four injuries, and they just kept on piling up throughout his tenure. So it's really hard for a coach in any circumstance to to get in mid season and really implement what they want to do, both from a culture standpoint and from an on the court standpoint. So I don't and, and with all the chaos going on around them and all the injuries, I don't know that we got a good read at all on what kind of actual coach Ryan Saunders is.
4: And think about the dissonance too. Like when you take that job as an interim and especially when you're it's your first time You're looking to prove yourself. You're 32 years old. But the best strategy for the organization is to not win. So you're out there and you want to squeeze toothpaste out of the Tyus Jones tube, right? And you want to get more out of Andrew Wiggins and you want to get towns to the next level. But the franchise is better off if you lose a bunch of games down the stretch and get a higher percentage chance at the lottery. So I felt like like Robert Covington. Would he have played more games if the Timberwolves were in a different spot? Would he have sat out the second half of the season? I don't think so. You know, would, there was other players that, that sat out because of injury. I don't think that would have happened. But now he gets a shot, Ryan Saunders, to take over. The interim tag has been ripped off. You can read more from Danny Cunningham at scorenorth.com, skornor Or you can download our handy mobile app on either uh, the, in, in the Apple uh, Store or the Google Play Store. The mobile app gives you three main things, among others. You can listen live to Scornorth programming. You can also listen on demand, and you can read wonderful pieces on a daily basis from the Danny Cunningham's. Matthew Collar has a great piece about uh, the Vikings and uh, defensive loyalty. Judd Zolgad, and we reward you the longer you listen with the Scornorth mobile app too. When we come back. We're expected to be joined by Bobby Marks, Rami Mm Makloff, front office insider for ESPN. And he wrote an article recently about how the Wolves can and should build around Carl Anthony Towns. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Ryan Saunders, no longer interim coach of the Timberwolves. He's the full-time guy, Rami Mackloff. Yes, he is. Read more at scorenorth.com. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, we, we were planning on talking to Bobby Marks today, independent of this news coming down and independent of Magic Johnson going on first take and airing out <laughs> Lakers dirty laundry. But I guess lucky for us, airing dirty laundry. Happen,
1: he scorched the earth. <laughs> yeah, he didn't
3: air dirty
4: laundry. So Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN. Uh, we love your work and, uh, we, we, we initially took interest in your article that you posted about a week ago, how to build around Carl Anthony Towns. And so we'd love to start there with you. Uh, how would you go about in the best way building around Carl Anthony Towns if you're Gerson Rosas here?
0: Well, I think the, f- the first priority is probably going to be in the draft, as far as what they do with that, you know, with that pick in the uh, in the top 14. There, that's going to be probably the starting point. Um, you know, that starts right there. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, almost following the, the model that Atlanta has been able to do uh, by, you know, in the previous year with players like Trey Young and. John Collins and Torian Prince. It's important to kind of nail the draft, and that's kind of that's kind of step one. I think it's uh, if I'm Gerson, uh, and I and I said this about you know the guys in Atlanta who took over there, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. I think the first year is almost going to be almost an audit of the roster. I think you kind of take it, you take a step back, and you you figure out kind of what you have, and you and you go from there because they don't have much flexibility to kind of add in the offseason. And I think you you know you're coming into a new situation and. You're with a new coach, you know that you've uh, you've hired with Ryan, and uh, who's who certainly has been there. But I think it's I think you're kind of going to be in a in a kind of in a, in a wait and see mode, mode, at least in in year one.
1: If you're Garrison Rosas, are you coming in with any hope or expectation that you and your team can finally somehow tap into whatever potential is there in uh-huh. Andrew Wiggins that got him the number one pick and a max contract? Or is that something that if it happens, great, and if it doesn't, well, we have a plan for that too.
0: I, I think you have to. I mean, I really do. I mean, I don't. I don't see that that contract movable, guys. I, I really don't. I mean, I think we're starting to get in a day and age where there's not many bad contracts anymore. You know, a lot of those contracts in 2016 are coming off the books, and you know, and I'm not saying that Andrew is, you know, is you know, not tradable, but I don't think you can probably get back a guy who you know can give you 16, 17 points. So. I think you got to take a fresh approach and I know that's probably sounding redundant and probably not what Timberwolves fans want to hear here, especially for a player that's been there, uh, what's this year five right now, um, going into, into year six that you can figure out, you know, what, you know, what is Andrew Wiggins? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if I don't, as I said, I don't see him movable. And I think you do have to take a fresh approach as far as what you do with Wiggins and, and maybe certainly, you know, things change. I'm not saying it will, but, um, you know, it's almost I wrote about. It. It's like you know, you almost have to find what the identity of Andrew Wiggins is, and I'm not sure right now what that is.
4: So I, I told these guys a couple weeks ago. I think if you can even just turn him into like a poor man's Iguodala, who brings a little energy and shoots in the corners, and you know, gets in a passing lane once in a while, and maybe he's a $15 million player instead of a instead of a $5 million player. Are there any players? in the draft around let's let's say within trade within trade up range so maybe maybe they trade with the hawks like between between 8 and 11 that could be the robin to carl anthony town's batman
0: i don't know in, in that range i think this is maybe if it was last year i don't think this year is the year that you're going to find find that that number two player at number, uh, at number 11 or even where Atlanta is at eight and 10. I think you'll find some, some good players that guys can come in, but I almost look at where, where, um, or Minnesota is at their pick kind of to teams drafting in the late teens, early twenties in last year's draft. I think that's kind of, I think that's how we can, we should kind of look at it here. Um, you know, there's certainly some, some some nice players i mean um you know certainly you know jackson hayes and texas um you know i don't think deandre hunter will be there from virginia there's you know some guards with darius garland and kobe white you know from north carolina um that could trickle down if you want to maybe take a project in bowl bowl you know you, it's probably going to be a redshirt year for him to you know sit out some of the year um but those are kind of that's kind of your mixed bag of uh, you know brandon clark from gonzaga that's your mixed bag of guys nice Nice rotational players, but probably not that number, number two guy to play along, Carl.
1: What kind of timeline would you say the Wolves and, and Garrison Rosas would be working with <sighs> before this team is, is back to relevance?
0: I think you, you, know, you go through this sphere and you see where you are. I don't know if I want to put them in, in that playoff contention, that back end here, but you're basically your roster returns. I think the big thing uh, we forget, and I wrote about it, is that you know, we, we, we didn't see much of Robert Covington, you know, at least when Ryan took over from, from Tibbs. Um, and I want to see Robert Covington healthy. I want to see the Robert Covington that I saw we saw in Philadelphia the last couple of years. That guy that got you know is an All NBA type defensive player uh, player there. And to add in there with uh, you know with, with T, who's you know opted into his contract, and with Andrew and Carl and, and Covington Sarge, I think Sarge needs to have a, a better year than he did. I think Sarge was inconsistent last year compared to what we saw in Philadelphia. I think that's going to be important there, too. Um, And then kind of just hitting singles in the draft. But I think you're kind of looking at as I said, this is a year of kind of taking an audit of the roster and if you can you know, if you can get into the playoffs, great. But I don't know if that's kind of the, should be the expectation level.
1: Talking with Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN NBA here on Mackey and Judd with Rami on the All News Score North. Like Phil said, we picked a good day to get you on because the Ryan Saunders <laughs> news and then earlier today, I know you heard this, Bobby, but for the convenience of those who have not, this was Magic Johnson earlier today on first take. Like I said, just scorching the earth of the Los, Los, Los Angeles Street. Lakers
5: my frustration was you got to let me hire my own people right and so and then again i don't like when people listen if you want to elevate yourself i'm all for that you want growth in a, a corporate america or uh, or at the lakers i'm all for that too but it's a way to get that right and it's not talking about the person who's uh, above you and so I told him when I'm not having fun, I'm going to leave.
1: What do you make of this 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 mess that is the Los Angeles Lakers now, and how do they get it back on track? Because that's one of the NBA greats and a guy who's respected and loved by players across this league, basically saying that the, the general manager of the Lakers is not a great guy and a backstabber.
0: <laughs> oh man, I know. I mean, I, we could go on for hours about this. It basically took a match and threw it into the into the fire and walked out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons here. I think the first one is that just because you were a great player does not make you a great executive. And I would have loved if Rob Plink to open up his job, his uh, his press conference today when they're trying to introduce their new head coach and say, you know what. Yeah, I did say that about Magic. He didn't come into the office all the time. He didn't work hard. He didn't go out and scout and then kind of leave it at that and kind of go from there because that's all true. I mean, I don't know what backstabbing is when it, when the, the guy who, you know, is, you know, the, you know, doesn't work hard. And that's that's what was known about um uh Magic Johnson throughout the league. He did not work hard. He basically treated it like his Starbucks business where he maybe came into the office once or twice a week there. So yeah, I, I get it. You know, Rob Plinka worked for him, and certainly there's a, a code of conduct there. But you know, this this Laker team is in worse shape than it was two years ago. And I know there's LeBron James on that team, but there is damage control 101 going on right now. And you know, I don't know if I'm a free agent. I, I don't know if I would want to go there. I, I really don't. I don't know if I'm a Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or one of these keys. I've even I even talked to agents out in Chicago during a combine, and they. They have guys that do not want to send them there that are, you know, for pick four because of the constant chaos with that roster. And if their client is going to be in trade talks all year, and that's that's something I don't know if I could have said about the Lakers five or six years ago. So,
4: is how does LeBron's career end then, Bobby Marks? I mean, how does does, does it just end with him on a mediocre, poorly run Lakers team for
0: three years? Is is this just going to be it? I think that's where we're going, guys. I really do. I mean, I think the, the goal. When LeBron signed up, there was not was I think he already has his championships, and it was not about championships. It was about everything else that kind of that kind of came with it. And I think that's a lesson that you know a a warning to players that are interested going to New York. It's basically the same situation where if you are a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and you are going by yourself, that is kind of what you are going to inherit next year. Is that a a thirty five win team and, and a team outside of the lottery? But yeah, I mean. Unless we get to a point where you know things really go downhill and and LeBron has to be traded, we're not there. Um, then that's kind of how I see it ending because I don't see, you know, maybe a Jimmy Butler, you know, but that's that's a big little bit of a step down compared to guys that you were targeting, the Durants, the Leonards, the Clay Thompsons of the world.
4: Yeah, uh, I want just real quick. I want to circle back to Gerson Rosas. I feel like. We're always a little bit skeptical with Timberwolves moves because we know the history of the franchise here, and so like when I I'm all aboard the Gerson Rosas bandwagon, but it almost feels too good to be true. I mean, like what's the dirt on him? What is the is it is it a, is it as good of a hire as we think it is? Like what's the what's the other side of it?
0: It's a good hire, guys. I've known Gerson for a long time. We actually used to put these. Uh, draft combines together back in when I was in New Jersey, we would work together. Along you know, about ten years ago, and I've I've known him for a long time. And yes, it is a it is a strong hire. Um, someone who's been around in the league, you know his track record and working in Houston. Uh, and I think he will do a great job. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. I think that's going to be you know it's going. I know it's hard for me to tell Timberwolves fans to be patient when you basically <laughs> only have what one playoff appearance in yeah. fourteen fifteen years. So, but I think gerson brings stability i like the ryan saunders hire just because i hate that i hate when we have a rotating door of head coach especially when you have some young players there for carl that would have been you know his third or fourth head coach in in four years there so yes i think uh, gerson will do a great job i think he can hang his hat on a scouting background you know they just hired a new assistant GM today who is in brooklyn who i know and john luca who you know certainly is well uh, well established, also. So I think I think things are trending in the right direction. If you're a if you're a fan of the Timberwolves,
1: all right. I was going to ask you about Ryan Saunders, but you already told us you like that hire. And I love drama and chaos. Let's bring it back to the Lakers for one more <laughs> question, real quick, Bobby Marks. Before the whole Magic Johnson thing popped off, there was there there were people saying that the Lakers should try and trade LeBron James this year. And I rolled my eyes all the way into the back of my head when they said that, Bobby. But with what you just laid out, one of the best players in the history of this game, seemingly sentenced to finishing his career with a mediocre, dysfunctional basketball team. Do you think that's at all a possibility that the Lakers explore that maybe LeBron asks for?
0: I don't think it's. I don't think right now, and it's funny, you know. During a game, during a year, I think Jeff Van Gundy said it, and I kind of piggybacked on him about LeBron, where you know I think he said basically everybody on on this team should be on, you know, on the table or they're not untouchable. And I and I said that, yeah. I mean, you're you're not you're not you're not a playoff team, and you're you know we're we're uncertain here. And I basically got it was like hate mail coming from Lakers fans, you know, like how dare I say that? And I and I say that because. He doesn't have a no-trade clause for the first time in his career. Uh, he's got probably one of the most valuable contracts. You have him for two, year, at a minimum two years, maybe three years, based on that player option here. And I think teams would move heaven and earth, not every team, to go out and get a LeBron James here. So if you are not going to be a playoff team and you are going to be content winning 40 to 42 games, what is the best interest of the Lakers? What is the best interest three or four years from now? Not, not just two years, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's a for sale sign come the night of the draft, but I think, I think we got to play wait and see when we get into the regular season. If things start to slide here, that, that, that James eventually does become available just because of that uncertainty.
4: That is Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN. Great insights on just all the things that are happening both with the Timberwolves and around the NBA today. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll probably talk to you sometime down the road here. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bobby. That right. yeah, was that was great insight there. That was amazing. We like Jonathan booked him at the end of the week last week when oh well, we saw an article. Like, oh, how can the Wolves build around Carl Anthony Towns? That's right. really interesting insight, right? And then Ryan Saunders gets the interim tag ripped off, <laughs> and Magic Johnson lights Los Angeles on fire. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was good timing. Good, good job, Jonathan. Way to go, man!
2: Thanks.
1: Here's a, this is another totally all that another producing cut right there from
4: Magic Johnson who just went on first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max so Kellerman good. this morning and just basically uh, opened up the the Lakers
5: closet. I love LeBron. I love his family. What he's done for the Laker organization. What he did for me as the president of the Laker organization. But sometimes, as a man, you have to make decisions based on your well being. Right. And I made that decision based on me and my own happiness. And so uh I could have done it a different way. Yes, he's right. But I did it my way. And that doesn't take anything away from our relationship or how I feel about LeBron. But sometimes as a man or a woman, you gotta make decisions based on your own happiness. And sometimes you just gotta go out and do your thing. And that's what I did.
4: <laughs> oh, Amazing. Man. Can you imagine I mean, look, people aren't going to feel bad for LeBron James, but he signed there and Magic Johnson was one of the reasons he signed there. But if you look at Magic's track record in anything other than playing basketball, it's not been good. It's mostly an absentee. Figure. He's a good businessman.
1: He's got a bunch of Starbucks and movie theaters around the country that I understand are very lucrative. Well, he's a good businessman in that he chooses
4: businesses to put money into wisely. Right. But he's not like, I mean, isn't that what day to bus- day operations
1: guy? No. A good businessman. no. <laughs> He's not misspelling your name on your Starbucks cup. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Are we sure?
4: That would be amazing. That'd be legendary. Here you go, Ronnie. <laughs> oh man. We might at some point need to check in with Judd in Vegas. We might need to do like a daily. Can we just have him leave like a voicemail, a voicemail? with us? Once a day? That? I think we I think he should be, we should be able to pull that off, right? Cuz before he went, he
1: said, "I'm not really a Vegas guy, but" I'm no. not a Vegas guy so either. What do you mean by that though? Like I'm not I don't I don't really like to gamble. Um Me I don't drink that much. Like I le- I I I enjoy a drink just because I like the taste of a drink sometimes sure. but like partying and drinking hard and going that's not really like I'll do that once every two or three months maybe. Do you like Celine Dion? No, I can't stand Why? Celine Dion. What is wrong with
4: you people? <laughs> I,
1: I you know, like the Blue Man Group. I really don't like. I've I've looked at like the attractions in Vegas, and I'm like, I would do, I would have nothing to do in this place. I would have
2: nothing to do there. It's good for like three or four days, and this comes from a guy who was born there, so I should like to go back there. It's good for about three or four days, and then you get home.
4: How old were you? Were you old enough to remember no, Vegas?
2: No, we moved. We moved here when I was three.
4: Okay, yeah, that's what. judges from Los Angeles originally. Your parents left like Vegas
2: to move to.
4: The middle my of Minnesota?
2: Mom, my mom describes it as wanting her kids to graduate high school because it's like a 50% <laughs> dropout rate there. Really? Yeah, they're all uh, professional that makes blackjack sense. players. Yeah, that makes well, when sense. you can make like 20 bucks an hour just flipping a sign, yeah. <laughs> Why would you go to high school?
4: Uh, we also have, speaking of Gerson Rosas, he made an appearance on the Adrian Wojnarowski podcast and said some things about the future of Carl Anthony Towns we can get to. Cram session coming up at 5 o'clock. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and Score North mobile app. Luther Brookdale Toyota is here to help our bad alignment and tire problems caused by potholes. That's why they have a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff now. You can bring your vehicle in for a quick check and make sure your alignment is good and that you're safe on the roads this spring and upcoming summer here. If you're thinking about a new vehicle, and I know that's where I'm at right now, I keep procrastinating but uh, I've got to get into, um, so my lease expires at the end of the month here. And so I'm trying to figure out, do I want to get into one of those 2019 RAV4s? You're going to lease or buy? I've been leasing for a number of years yeah. here because I just love every two or three years, the technology upgrades, right. the safety features keep me feeling like I'm not going to you know, have something terrible happen. Right. So I'm probably going to lease again. Okay. But I could have my arm twisted. All right. Yeah.
1: You want to go go in with me? But they don't twist arms over there, do they? No, they're professionals. It's a pleasant
4: buying experience. It is the most pleasant buying experience you're going to find in the Twin Cities. On the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. LutherbrookdaleToyota.com. toyota.com
3: zolgad here and you know i often talk about my frustrations with the local sports teams right perhaps it's a team in downtown minneapolis that's doing something that's frustrating me or in uh, downtown st paul but let me tell you about a team that won't let you down that's going to leave you extremely satisfied with the work they do those are the folks that sort of pro painters i'm thrilled by the job they recently did at my house making our guest room and bath look like new two words come to mind professional and thorough And I don't want to forget the attention to detail that was shown by those folks, again, at Serta Pro Painters. And now, guess what? It's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that I did. Maybe you need a room or two painted, or perhaps you need exterior work done on your home this spring or summer. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently own and operated, so it's right here in your community. I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at SertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-SERTA. Secure your spot now at Serta Pro Painters' spring painting schedule because slots are filling up fast. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from Serta Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online at certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-SERTA. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting and you do life.
5: And as I visit with him... It's been such a special experience to see this unbelievably talented young man who's got a passion and a drive to be great, not only for himself, but for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And a player who's doing things in this game very early in his career um, that give signs to something very special and very rare into the future.
1: There is Wolves president Garrison Rosas here. Well, actually, that was on the Adrian Wojnarowski podcast from uh, ESPN. This is Mackey and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Rami Maclof, Phil Mackie, Jonathan Harrison. On the other side of the glass, he is currently formulating questions that he'll ask us at 5 o'clock. We'll answer those questions, and he will arbitrarily and corruptly hand out points for what he thinks are the best answers to said questions. It's called Cram Session, and it's coming up at 5 o'clock. And really, it's whoever sneaks in the uh, most clever soccer reference into his answer is the one that gets Or can just suck up to him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, Oh, you
2: guys are catching on. I should change up my... (laughs) <laughs> you need
0: to
1: change your scoring system, okay, Jonathan. Well, no <laughs> Be promises. nice to soccer and suck up to the judge, and you will win in cram session. That's coming up at five o'clock. But that was Garrison Rosas there talking about the hire of uh, Ryan Saunders, I'm assuming, right? Is uh, that what he was talking about? Uh, this was actually on Carl Anthony Towns part oh. one. I want to play you Carl
4: Anthony Towns part two here. This was a podcast that was taped, I want to say, on like Friday or Saturday. From late last week, this is Rosas to Woj on CAT. And
5: when you step into an organization where you have a foundation piece like Carl uh, and to hear his drive, to hear his passion, um, to hear how excited he is about our vision and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. It drives me because my responsibility is not only to Glenn and, and Becky Taylor, but it's to Carl. We have to maximize who he is. I
1: love that. I I love that answer that he just gave right there, because you can tell he realizes he recognizes what they have in Carl Anthony Towns. And there is a sense of urgency to maximize it and to start maximizing it now before you end up in an Anthony Davis situation, Mm -hmm. because you don't have the four years that he's under contract for with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know if people have noticed. That's not how the NBA works anymore he could get into the third or fourth year of that contract or the the offseason going into that fourth year of that contract and very easily look around and say this isn't going anywhere and I want out now. Yes. No one does this I,
4: you you have a better perspective on this than I do because I've been watching Carl Anthony Towns as a Minnesotan, as a guy planted here. Mm-hmm. You came halfway through the season mm-hmm. and so I'd like I'd like your perspective from now both sides of this fence. I feel like nobody talks about him in a positive, positive light that you would think a superstar of his. If you look at his credentials just from a statistical standpoint, he's a beast. He should be celebrated. And I think when people talk about him, they talk about how he went away and melted for two of those games against the Rockets in the playoffs. They talk about how Jimmy Butler basically punked him and they lump him in with Andrew Wiggins and say, well, Jimmy Butler thought those guys were soft. And every single time you hear a national analyst talk about Karl Anthony Towns, they wonder aloud, mm-hmm. yeah, "Is he, you know, does he have the mental fortitude? Does he have the toughness? Is he just empty numbers? Is he just a correct box score filler?" But I don't think when you're talking about empty numbers, I mean, it's one thing if you're Kevin Love and you're racking up rebounds on shots that you missed under the rim yourself, like if you. You watch that thirty and thirty game from nine years ago with Kevin Love, and he's like he has like eight offensive rebounds that are his misses, right? Right. Okay, those are those can be construed as hollow numbers. But when I start to run Carl Anthony Towns through all of the different filters here, he's thirteenth in the NBA in scoring. He's seventh in rebounds. He's ahead of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and James Harden in effective field goal percentage, which is basically how efficient of an offensive player are you? You want to go into some of the analytics, some of the. The the one number one stop shop numbers that show you all encompassing offense defense efficiency how good you are value over replacement player is a measurement that they use on basketballreference.com. dot com number one James Harden number two Giannis number three Jokic number th- uh, number four Gobert number five Karl Anthony Towns
1: yeah in the league I think he's a people sort of. Give me the a a weird look when I say this. I think he's a top five player in this league, top ten at worst, and he's probably really realistically somewhere in that five to ten range. We're probably talking about the seventh or eighth best player in this league. Yes. And you're asking how I looked at him before I got here and how I look at him now. Yes. Let me ask you this before I answer that question. I'm gonna answer your question. I'm gonna start to answer your question with a question. It seems to me, and I don't know if this is just because I got here and got a a a front row seat so to speak to Carl Anthony Towns for the majority of a season but it seemed to me like he took a step this year in his development like he went he went from being a good player probably a top 15 to 20 player yeah. to like i just said leaping into the top 5 to 10 players in this league yes i would agree okay. with that all right i
4: think and even just another point off that i think it became even more obvious how Little help he has around him, systematically coaching right. wise. Andrew Wiggins' contracts compared to Andrew Wiggins' performance, and all these other circumstances around him get kind of lumped on his plate. Oh, he must have hollow numbers if he's putting up stats like that, and they only won thirty five games or whatever it is. Right, right. Like that's that's the the first glance that oh that they his numbers must be fake because they're not winning. And I look at it and say no. If you put San Antonio Spurs infrastructure. L.A. Clippers infrastructure or uh, Denver Nuggets infrastructure around him. They're winning 50 games with a player like that. Everything else is so bad around him that he's the only one that's really him and a couple other stragglers here and there are giving positive uh, performances. Right.
1: So that that being said, I do think that he, he is overlooked and probably treated a little bit unfairly when when you're talking about the national media or people outside of Minnesota and the way that they view Carl Anthony Towns I think the empty numbers debate or or argument is is a weak one and I've always thought that I don't It, there seems to be a habit in sports that when there's a great player on a bad team, everybody points at that guy and says it's his, like, growing up a Cubs fan, Sammy Sosa would hit 60 home runs in a season. People be like, well, yeah, but they didn't mean anything. They didn't mean anything because he had nobody around him and nobody was on base (laughs) when he was hitting home runs. They were fake stats, but for a whole nother reason. Like, if, if he had, if you had nine Sammy Sosa's in a lineup in 1998, you'd be awesome. But yeah, you'd you'd have a lot of weird Pinterest accounts (laughs) 10 years later. Right. Exactly. So I think that's that's a weak argument that we see time and time again across the world of sports. And for a long, long time, I've been shouting those people down. But when you talk about disappearing in the playoffs against the Nuggets for a couple of games, when you talk about getting punked by Jimmy Butler, I do think that there is something to be said for a guy shrinking or vanishing when he's either challenged or when there are big moments. And he's only had one playoff series to judge him on. And like you said, he disappeared for two games. He had one player on his team come and challenge him and Jimmy Butler. And he didn't really come out of that looking so great in terms of stepping up to that challenge and not being bullied as Rick Patino put it by Jimmy Butler. I, I do think that there, some of, some of the criticism of Carl Anthony Towns is fair from from that standpoint. And again, Small sample sizes that we're talking about. It's one incident with Jimmy Butler where he got punked and bullied. And those aren't my words. Those are his college head coach's words. And I'm sure he got that from somewhere reliable. You have one playoff series where he disappeared for two games. Small sample sizes, but that's all we have to go on when we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns but, at this point. But sometimes, if not most of
4: the time, we don't take into account someone's age when we when we look at whether they got punked or whether they sure. disappeared. I mean, Ben Simmons disappeared three or four times minimum in these playoffs. Do we think Ben Simmons is going to disappear? So Ben Simmons is what, 21, 22? Towns last year when he disappeared against the Rockets for a couple games was 22. Do we think Ben Simmons is going to disappear in five years when he's 27 years old and and running the Eastern Conference with injured Joel Embiid probably on some other team? Like, (laughs) sometimes when a guy should be a junior or a senior in college and he's playing against grown men with playoff cred and maybe 50 to a hundred playoff games racked up, right? Like it's okay to disappear when you're 22 and you haven't been, you have to learn to win. Yeah, sure. I mean, like we, we hammer these guys. Sometimes we say, well, if you disappeared when you're 22 years old, that's a referendum on what the rest of your career is going to be like. If you're disappearing when you're 26, 27 years old and you've been into playoff series before. All right. That's a huge red flag. That's a huge problem. But if you're twenty one or twenty-two years old and in addition to that, your coach brow beats you and you don't have a great connection with him, your main uh, you know, your your main sidekick and teammate, Jimmy Butler, instead of putting his arm around you and trying to empower you, which is probably what you need if you're Carl Anthony Towns, he's doing the exact opposite, and all these things are going against you. I just like I I guess what I'm saying is I give him permission to to not be perfect when he's 22 years old. Agreed. But and until
1: until he steps up in those situations, it's still a fair criticism, right? He hasn't he hasn't learned how to step up in those situations. I would say it's a fact. Okay.
4: But I don't know if it's a fair criticism. Okay. That's fair. I mean, it's a like we agree it's a fact he disappeared. And from there what what we and what fans do with that information is up to everyone individually and what I do with that information is I flush it. And I say, well, Get back to me if they go to the playoffs the next two years and he's now he's 23, 24, he's 25 and they're one and done in the first round and he's disappearing and he's wilting and he's, you know, standing in the corner, not shooting. But don't you think, the ball.
1: in addition to being in a smaller market like Minneapolis, being on a bad team in the Timberwolves, don't you think that's why people look at him that way? That they do have facts behind the way that they're looking at Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's looked at as
4: the savior of the franchise and there's so many other factors that go into it to for that to even come to fruition and even if even if this franchise does go back to the western conference finals or become what the Milwaukee Bucks have become here and maybe become championship contenders he will be the main piece but it'll be largely because all the other pieces around him have matched what he is okay. as a 23 year old player all right. i'm not and again i'm not saying he should be you know, exonerated right. from all criticism. So right. I don't want to sit here and say, "Dude, you can't criticize him." He's only twenty. Like that's not fair. Either You're not because, saying he should be treated like Will Chamberlain, correct? Okay, <laughs> right. So I'm, I guess I'm, I guess I I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth and saying that like, yeah, like okay, criticize him when it makes it. Andrew Wiggins, one of the main criticisms I had of the Andrew Wiggins defenders was, well, when is it okay to criticize a guy who takes terrible shots, can't dribble, and shows no interest for? You know, fifty out of the eighty-two games. Right. I don't care if he's nineteen or twenty-five. He's, he's sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. At least Towns isn't sleepwalking. And we when he disappeared against the Rockets, it wasn't it wasn't Andrew Wiggins sleepwalking. It was like he didn't know how to engage in a big moment. And I think you learn that as you get into more big.
1: Moments. The pressure might have gotten the best of him. Could have, and I and that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to be that way when he's twenty-five. I agree. That's something that you need to learn. But until he learns, he won't prove those people wrong necessarily you're you're saying they're not right and i'm telling you that's one way to look at it i would say he hasn't proved those people wrong yet
4: it's a lot like navigating cram session right, I mean, right. you gotta get in the ring yeah. take your lumps from jonathan i'm looking Harrison. at these questions now and they are they're tough there's some tough questions and they're coming up next on mackie and judd with rami without judd though